Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. No SWX today, though. Uh, we got a little Eastern Washington, Idaho State from a couple of years ago. The most striking part about this, besides the referees wearing masks, is that I do not recognize a single, or I shouldn't say I don't recognize, I recognize a lot of guys on the court. I can say with full confidence that most of these guys, if not all of them that I've seen play in this game, no longer play at these schools, such as the state of uh, college athletics. Hope you're having a great Thursday. Lady Grizz back in town tonight, so we'll be headed down there to Dahlberg Arena here uh, right after the show. The Montana uh, men's teams, Montana Montana State, they both tip an hour earlier than usual. Uh, the uh, Bobcat men are in Greeley and the, uh, to play Northern Colorado, and the Grizz men are in Flagstaff to play Northern Arizona. Both those games tip at 6 p.m. if you're wanting to watch those on the ESPN Plus stream. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Fun and insightful conversation with Justin Engel. The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Our first Treasure State Stars for the uh, 2023 year. We also heard from Keaton Gologli, the voice of the Montana State Bobcats, as part of our Montana State Minute. You can find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Time now for our weekly NFL update, where we talk about Betting lines, totals, and just some commentary on the NFL. We don't ever mean to be insensitive, but this is definitely going to be one of the only NFL stops you're going to get this week where we're not talking very extensively about DeMar Hamlin. It's not that we don't care or that we're not worried about him, but uh, there's a lot of other things to talk about in the wide world of football. And uh, so that's what we're going to do here. This is our all football all the time presented by Sports Bet Montana. There's Sports Bet Montana kiosks across the state of Montana. Just go to Sports Bet Montana's website, click on locations. You can find those kiosks. Also get the Sports Bet Montana app uh, in your life as well. Brooks Nuanas joining us uh, once again as now we are into 2023 and uh, coming down the stretch run of the NFL football season. We're into week 18. There's still a ton of teams left alive that have either already clinched or that are playing games to clinch. And uh, also, though, we have the finality of college football coming up this weekend as well. The FCS National Championship game moved to Sunday, and then the FBS National Championship game is on Monday. Brooks, right now, Sportsbet Montana has the uh, FCS National Championship game minus 5.5 in favor of South Dakota State. The uh, NDSU money line plus 165 is what I saw it at earlier. I know the Bison are banged up. There's like this narrative that they're somehow down, but they are undefeated in Frisco, Texas. And that's not just like a couple wins. They've won nine straight times in Frisco, Texas. What do you think of the FCS championship line? Yeah, it moved a lot. You know, when teams are resting for what, a month, Colter, three full weeks of rest in the FCS from the semifinals into the national championship. Or rather, it used to be three weeks. This this, this week, it's or this year, it's still 
a healthy chunk of time. And that line opened at three and a half. I saw it go down to two and a half, and now it's up to five and a half. When I saw five and a half, I was surprised, Coulter. I think that NDSU, their track record speaks for itself. I would definitely not want to bet against them by a full touchdown. Five and a half, eh, it's there. I think South Dakota State's going to win that game. I bought that up all the way as high as I could, Coulter, to 12 and a half, and I paired it with TCU, and I got that at 20 and a half. TCU to cover 20 and a half points, which very well might not happen on either side of the docket. I could see South Dakota State and Georgia both winning really big in those games. But for someone who roots for close competitive football games, I hope that both of the the dogs in those those games can rally and at least make it a game. There's all sorts of different strategies when it comes to, to looking at numbers, betting numbers, all that sort of stuff. Sometimes, though, and this is just a very rare sometimes, but I do think that just pure broad strokes and human elements come into things. Like, for example, the Packers playing at home on Sunday night football with a chance to go to the playoffs. Like, regardless of what the number is, you just got to be leaning towards the Packers. That's exactly how I feel about North Dakota State, no matter what the circumstances are. South Dakota State's never played in this game before. They played in the spring version of it, I guess, last spring, but they never played in this one. There's ne- they never played against their rival where there's 18,000 NDSU people there tailgating and drinking and going crazy. So, I, I don't know. I think sometimes that maybe the number isn't impacting for, like, just the human element of things. Definitely plays, um, and North Dakota State, the kings of Frisco, right? I mean, like I mentioned on the top there, how, how could you bet against them? It seems like that's a bad bet, right? Regardless, it'll be a close game. It's a rivalry game, which makes it really interesting. I think that it's one of the more healthy rivalries in college football nationwide across the board. You know, Alabama, Georgia is probably up there. You could throw in, you know, some LSU ties and, and some of the, you know, the Southeast Conference obviously has some pretty healthy rivalries in the last decade plus, but as far as the level that these two schools have gotten to in North Dakota State and South Dakota State and the way that they kind of drag each other to the top, both sides um, kind of raise their, their level of play to meet one another. I think that that creates for, you know, not only something that's going to be super interesting, but again, hopefully competitive. Let's uh, talk about the NFL just broadly, just in terms of the matchups before we get into some of the lines. There's still multiple divisions that remain unclinched. Uh, That includes the AFC South. There's basically a de facto AFC South championship game on Saturday evening between reeling Tennessee Titans and the surging Jacksonville Jaguars. The uh, NFC NFC East remains unclinched, uh, despite how great of a season the Eagles have had, because Dallas remains in the mix uh, for that division title as well. The AFC North remains unclinched, and that one has a ton of of unanswered questions behind it because they don't they haven't really determined in the NFL what uh the result of Monday night football's Bills Bengals postponed and potentially canceled game will have the Bengals and the Ravens still in the mix for the AFC North title and then you also have a couple uh teams playing for playoff berths not division titles necessarily but playoff spots the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers remain alive. The Seattle Seahawks remain alive. And then Green Bay and Detroit, they play basically for a win and you're in, loser go home game on Sunday night and the uh, the uh, Sunday night football to, to conclude the, uh, the the regular season. So, I mean, this is sort of just a testament to the parity of the NFL, right? Yeah, absolutely. There, those, There's five teams, Coulter, that are playing um, that need help. So that's the Detroit Lions, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. All of those those teams have to win. All of those teams have to have other teams lose. For instance, if Detroit beats Green Bay 
beats the Packers in Green Bay, they still need the Seahawks to lose. If the Seahawks win and Detroit wins, the Seahawks are in, the Lions are out. Um, so the Lions have a pretty low chance of getting in. Seattle does as well. Could also see, you know, Seattle's playing at home against the Rams. And, and I very much could see, you know, some favorites winning in these games. I could also see some teams that are, as you mentioned, reeling, Coulter. Maybe have, you know, a resurgence in the last week of the season. The Dolphins are absolutely reeling, but they they play at uh, New York Jets. Dolphins have a decent chance to win that game. They're a good team. Who, who knows what the Jets are going to put forth with effort? New England plays at Buffalo. What if Buffalo just has this crazy situation with Deron, Deron Harmon? What if New England ends up just winning that game, the Dolphins lose, and the freaking Patriots are in the playoffs? I mean, talk about wild. Um, the Steelers is another one. The Steelers need, I think, New England and Miami to both lose, and if they win, they're in. Um, so there's some crazy ones there. Some tough games to bet just due to the, the stakes, and you never know what a team's going to give when they're out but are playing a division rival like the Cleveland Browns out of the playoffs. But Deshaun Watson has plenty to play for. Can they beat the Steelers? Who knows? I would not bet it. Uh, Mike Tomlin has never gone below 500 in his career, and this game will be to go above 500. So I think obviously a lot to play for for the Steelers as well. Those are some of the tougher games to bet. Uh, Coulter, as you mentioned, I think the most interesting scenario is the Eagles play the uh the play the Giants, host the Giants at home. The Giants are not planning on playing any of their players. They clinched the playoffs last week. But the Eagles likely aren't going to play Jalen Hurts, so Gardner Minshew versus like a backup Giants team. Giants win. Cowboys win. Cowboys play at Washington Commanders. Cowboys win that division, and the Eagles fall in the wild card. It's so crazy how long an NFL season is. What can happen? I mean, just a month ago, if you would have said that there's a one-game scenario in which the Eagles could be playing for the wild card, and the Packers, the Patriots, the Steelers, could, and the Seahawks could all get into the playoffs. The Bucks might have a higher seed in the playoffs than the Eagles. The Eagles might be in the same situation as the Packers. There's no way you could have thought any of this, but it just makes you realize just how long the, uh, the NFL single season is. All football, all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Get that Sportsbet Montana app in your life. Brooks Nuanas. Skyline Sports and our uh, resident betting aficionado here at Nuanas now joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here on your ESPN radio dial. And that's the other thing, like Coach Marty Mornowig and I were talking about on Tuesday, is because the season is so long, having patience, diligence, and being able to play well at the right time is so important in the National Football League. And I don't think it's a coincidence that even with all the ups and downs of this season, that I mean, who who are the most recognizable characters and figures in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll. It's not a surprise that those guys are the ones that have winning your in games here on the docket. It's so hard to sustain, but I think that the 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 organizations and the franchises with the correct formulas are the ones uh, that can sustain most effectively you mentioned the the, the uh, where i want to start in terms of some of the best numbers on the board this week is there's always in week 18 teams that have clinched that know exactly where they're at in the playoffs that just bench everybody what do you think of just those games you mentioned the giants is there any other games on the board like that and and do you like those or do you not like those i mean the giants are what like two touchdown underdog or two touchdown dogs i mean 13 and a half i think the last time i saw it where, where do you go there i mean do, do you bet on the the backups to cover or do you do you like the the fact that they're not they're not going for anything where are you at with these these games I don't love them, but I am happy to tease 
he's the, the 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 big favorite. So, for instance, the Eagles have a ton to play for. They want the one seed. They want that division championship. There's no way you can say they don't. Actually, I think you could say it's as important of a seed as there is in the NFL right now. The AFC top three seeds being the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. And that might shake itself out a little differently than that, depending on how the NFL reschedules the Bills-Bengals game, which likely doesn't happen. There's so many scenarios that can play out as tiebreakers, as what happens in the at the end of the season. They're going to go off win percentage, not necessarily win-loss record. There's so many ways to look at that, but those three seeds, all three of those teams can go in to a different opposing uh, field and win. All three of those teams can be on the road the last two weeks of the playoffs and go win a Super Bowl. In the NFC, the Eagles are such overwhelming favorites. You have to have that home field so that you don't get caught in some scenario where you're on the road in bad weather and you end up losing just because of the last game of the season you didn't take care of business. So I think the Eagles want this. 13 and a half, you can buy, you know, you tease that down to a touchdown. I think that they'll take care of business there. So I do like to tease some of the favorites there and those big, those, you know, kind of big swing to odds. But again, I might stay away from those as far as what I'm going to really focus on and put money on this 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 week. Yeah, I think that you can find some interesting parlays if you like money line parlays. I really do like money line parlays. You know, I think maybe screwing around with the numbers are tough, but like a team like Arizona, who's got nothing to play for, they are down to their third string, sixth round draft pick quarterback and Trace McSorley. You know, I mean, you're you're a fighting an uphill battle for Arizona if you got Colt McCoy, let alone if you got Trace McSorley. So yeah. Now they're going to start David Blau. So, you know, maybe you find a way to, to pick a couple winners paired with, you know, Arizona. Or maybe, you know, you pick Philly and, and Arizona together. Uh, there's other uh, scenarios as well. But when it comes to some of these other games, though, Brooks, there's the there's the must-wins here, uh, winning your ends. What do you like about those? What do you think of those games? Well, I, I think Jacksonville is going to smash Tennessee. Derek the Yeti Henry is not a guy you want to bet against in January when the season's on the line. The Titans might have 48 minutes of possession, and Derrick Henry might run for 265 yards, and you're really not going to enjoy that bet. I don't see it happening. The Jags are surging, man. I think the Jags are one of the six or seven best teams right now. Not best, but hottest teams. Teams you don't want to face. At home, Tennessee's going to start uh, Josh Dobbs off of you know, longtime NFL veteran, journeyman, a rocket scientist, right? A guy that a high level, uh, former Tennessee quarterback off the Steelers practice squad. Uh, I like everything about the Jags there. I think that they'll cover that game. Um, it's a touchdown favorite. Just so everyone knows, I have gotten away from from betting uh, six and a half across the board. I refuse to bet it um, unless I'm teasing something down from like 13 and a half, like the Eagles down to six and a half because I'm assuming for a, a more than a touchdown win. So I'm kind of being safe with the touchdown. I'm staying away from six and a half point lines and I'm buying them down to five and a half. The amount of missed extra points that happened in the NFL. It's three or four a week that influence betting lines. Five and a half covers you that touchdown without the extra point. So just be aware of that. I've lost two big bets this year, needing six and a half and got five and a half, or got six rather. So I like Jacksonville there. Uh, win and get in. I like Green Bay to take care of business at home. I do not see Green Bay as good as the Lions story has been, Coulter, losing at home with the playoffs on the line. I just don't see that happening. Green Bay right now, 62% chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, that line is hovering. It's kind of variable at Sunday night football between five and a half, six and a half, four and a half. Um, I kind of like to buy that down a little bit, maybe to a field goal. But I still think the Packers roll in that game, even though I love the Lions and I love their season that they're having. Um, Dolphins at Jets, stay away. I don't think the Dolphins, um, they need a little help. I don't think the Dolphins are going to finish the season strong. They've lost five straight. Don't love that there. 
New England winning it in against Buffalo. Don't like that there. Seattle taking care of business against the Rams. I think that there's actually a little bit of value in that line. Um, right now it's sitting at a touchdown, but I think you could tease that down to a point and a half and pair it with a couple other things. I also think that Sean McVay and Baker Mayfield could like end the season beating Pete Carroll and the Seahawks and knock them out of the playoffs at home. Like They don't have a draft pick. The Rams aren't playing for anything like that. There is no tankability. Like They are trying to win. I think that could be a pretty good stamp on what's been such a bad season. Pretty much a good exclamation point to Sean McVay's coaching prowess as it's kind of been knocked in through, you know dragged through the mud a little bit this year and pittsburgh against cleveland again another game where they need help but i think pittsburgh takes care of business you also uh have i think one of the most intriguing games all football all the time just in terms of a betting perspective here with tennessee playing at jacksonville just because these two teams are on such different trajectories and you got tennessee basically signing joshua dobbs off the street to start him over malik willis ryan Tanhill's out the titans have been in a free fall they have not been good and uh the jags have been the jags were like we like kind of both talked about how we thought the jags were kind of like okay even though they were losing a bunch early and then they like went to overtime and lost and then they went to overtime and won and you're like oh they won and then they've i think they've won five in a row and now they're sitting there at eight and eight and uh trevor lawrence looks like what we hoped he was gonna be so that just being a standalone Saturday night game, I think, is one where maybe you don't even take some of these broad numbers, but you just watch it and you, you find a, a couple you know, player props maybe that you like and toy with the number, maybe even in-game after you see how it starts. But I just think that that's going to be a fun one to bet just because I think it's so obvious which direction both these teams are going. Absolutely. And like I say, man, betting against Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry in like a, blow, like a knockdown blowout street fight is not something I'm really interested in. I just think that the Jags are already playoff team and i think that they will play like that i mean tennessee i believe has lost seven straight can you have a resurgence and beat a division rival especially when it's been the jags who have been so down i mean i can see all that there's scenarios where that happens i still think the jags take care of business the line uh, over and under is sitting at 39 and a half which you know i've been burned on some jags uh over unders this year and obviously tennessee's not scoring at a high clip Again, I think that 40 is the right number there. Um, I think you could kind of lean either way. I'd probably still take the under, um, and that'll be a fun Saturday night game. One thing I want to mention, Colter, on the Saturday slot, slate, as we talked about the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals being tiered exactly in that top three there, but no one's clinched the one seat. 2.30, Saturday afternoon, the Chiefs travel to Las Vegas and play Jared Stidham, who apparently lost me as much money as a human can lose a person. <laughs> by the Niners not covering uh, four and a half for me. They won it by a field goal against the Vegas Raiders last week in overtime. Regardless, the Chiefs have everything to play for. The Chiefs have burned me a bunch this year. Yeah, the line's at eight and a half right now. That's a big, big favorite on the road. Buy it down to five and a half. You know, get it below a touchdown there. I just don't think that there's any way the Chiefs don't roll in this game. They have everything to play for. If they want to be the Super Bowl favorites, if they want to have like this finale, this this big exclamation point on what's been a tremendous five-year row with Patrick Mahomes, it starts by closing out the season, getting the one seed, and then letting Cincinnati and, and Buffalo, who are both reeling right now, fizzle away into the two, three seeds and have you know a little bit of uncertainty heading into the playoffs. All football, all the time, presented by Sports Bet Montana. Want to find a Sports Bet Montana kiosk? Well, chances are there is one at your favorite, favorite uh, establishment, but also you can always look online at the Sports Bet Montana website and click on locations. And uh, there's a whole list of every Sports Bet Montana kiosk all across the state of Montana. Also, get the Sports Bet Montana apps. You can monitor live and uh, ever changing lines. What's your favorite 
number on the board. Brooks Nuana is joining us here on uh, uh, Nuana's Now. We get you out here on this. What's your favorite number on the board? Or I guess, is there any games or matchups that you think? I mean, I do think that your point about KC is a good one. Still still uh, in the mix for the number one seed. Any other games like that that you like that this weekend? I think all of the games that are going to be played for seeds are going to be close. So be careful with, with big favorites there um, when you're talking about over a touchdown or something like that. I, I think that if you're playing for something, um, like the Patriots are playing for the uh, for something against the Bills, that line's at 7.5. Maybe I've seen it at 8.5. I mean, I don't think the Patriots are going to get blown out when they have a chance to play for the playoffs. So like, be careful with those super high lines. So teams playing for something, I you know, I really like kind of money lines that look like teams that are looking for seeds and or playoffs. So that looks like... Jags, Steelers, Cowboys, and Eagles. All four of those games, I think, are winners. Just money line. Don't worry about the points there. You can kind of pair them, put three together if you want to put all four together and get a little wily. But those games are all teams that need to take care of business. I like all those teams um, in that scenario. You want to know my favorite bets on the whole board, Coulter, which is so funny. And I'm not going to tell you what I, I, I've been naming bets. That I like lied out. I'm not going to tell you what I called this one, but it makes you sound like you're a little crazy. I love Carolina at New Orleans. The Saints have been playing really hard. The Saints are not going to back down. Carolina just had this heartbreaker of a loss to Tampa Bay. And now they got nothing to play for. They got an interim coach and Steve Wilkes. Carolina's a good team. It's a division game. I could think it'll be competitive, but I really like what the Saints have been doing, running Taysom Hill out of the backfield. That line's at three and a half. I'd buy it down to under a field goal, get rid of the hook there. And I kind of like New Orleans to, to win and to carry some momentum into the offseason. So I like that one for a bet that's kind of off the grid there. I also like in the same division, we're going to stay in the NFC South, Tampa Bay sitting all their starters at Atlanta. Atlanta's been up and down. They've had a kind of a random season. Marcus Mariota in and out. they got a rookie quarterback. Desmond Ritter versus Tom Brady. It's not going to be that. The Bucs are going to play their starters for a series or two, then sit them down. I could see Atlanta wanting to do the same thing. Arthur Smith, young coach, still in his you know first stint as a head coach early on in Atlanta. I could see them wanting to carry some momentum. That line is at two and a half. Falcons, Saints, two and a half. NFC par, uh, South parlay with teams that aren't in the playoffs. I think that's kind of a little fun uh, uh, side bet. All football all the time. Sports bet Montana will have a playoff edition next week. Very much look forward to that. Brooks Nuanas joins us once a week uh, to talk about all of the best uh, betting lines and all the best storylines from around the NFL. And it's uh, a great time of year now. We're basically winning your in, lose your go home, and it's going to get even more steep next week. Thanks for being here, man. Home dogs, Coulter. On the season, home dogs, underdog at home, 58 and 43 in covering. So remember, when you're not favored at home, two or three of those teams every week is covering. Great advice. Go check out Sportsbet Montana's website and their app, as well as find a Sportsbet Montana kiosk near you. More on Nuanas Now right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. 
our guys behind the glass, Jeff Safford tells me that this is a Grizz hockey staple. And uh, I had sort of known that, but uh, a little Freudian implementation, a little Greta Van Vliet for you here on your radio dial. Happy Thursday, everybody. Grizz hockey uh, coming back here uh, in a couple of weeks. Once the semester starts again at the University of Montana, Grizz hockey will be back and we will have Grizz hockey back here on your radio dial as well as on the ESPN MT app. Uh, Grizz Hockey, uh, because of their club affiliation, I believe they, they I don't even know if you're allowed to play games when they're not in school, but either way, when they are back in school, they will be back on the ice as well, uh, finishing up the uh, the stretch run of uh, their second season here back in the Garden City. You can always find Grizz Hockey, as well as this radio show, Nuana's Now, uh, live and archived on the ESPN MT app. If you've been following along, last year I uh, wanted to finish up, or I wanted to get through this 100 Greatest Sports Heroes book. Just some brief history lessons. Sort of the, the concept here is this book was published in 1954. So it's basically the 100 Greatest Sports Heroes of the first half of the 20th century. And I find it fun and fascinating and also important because, uh, first of all, I, I think that the the concept of history, and especially when it comes to sports and entertainment, um, it, it's it's just fun and interesting and, and worth remembering. But also, it, it's fascinating to analyze the way that some memories and some people, the memories of some individual people are uh, absolutely indelible. Others, when you're reminded of them, uh, become more clear, but maybe uh, were a little cloudy before you were reminded. And then some memories completely fade. And I think that's uh, what you get from this book because, you know, you turn the pages. And this is all in alphabetical order, by the way. And you got like, I mean, just as I flip through, I mean, you got guys like Jack Dempsey and Bob Cousy and, you know, um, Newt Rockney and George Gipp, guys that certainly, or I shouldn't just say guys, there's a lot of females in here as well, but you know Ben Hogan, names that are certainly um, remembered with great reverence today. And then there's others that uh, all, maybe aren't remembered quite so much or maybe not at all. And I also think it's an interesting analysis going through this book because it shows you just what sports were of the utmost importance as well. Like, if you were to remake this book now, 100 Greatest Sports Heroes of the last, oh, I don't know. I mean, when did sports first be- become, like, a real viable business and entity and entertainment in America? I mean, I guess you probably start at the turn of the 20th century. So let's say over the last 125 to 135 years, you'd, you'd have this book jam-packed full of way more basketball players I mean, there's hardly any basketball players in this book. Basketball was not nearly as popular as it is now. And you probably have a heck of a lot less of some of the other sports. Like, there's some billiards players and some dart throwers in here. You probably have a lot more golfers now, maybe less boxers. So it's just interesting to see that what sports have captivated people. So this book is in alphabetical order. I wanted to get through it. This last calendar year, and we came up a little short. We got to the S's, so we're going to keep on going through because uh, it's just fun. It's fun to learn. It's fun for me to learn about these people, or or remind myself of these people, or or share some of these stories. 
Uh, so we are into the S's. We're on page 112 of this book, which uh, totals uh, 145 pages. So we have uh, about 25, 30 athletes left. Great example of what I'm talking about in terms of guys or athletes whose memories fade and sports who aren't nearly as prominent. If I was to ask you right now, who's the most famous jockey in the world? Horse uh, horse racing jockey. I, would, I, I don't think more, most people would have an answer. Unless you're like a, a horse race betting aficionado or something. And even then, I think you'd probably name the horse and the trainer before you got to the jockey. But this 100 greatest athlete is Earl Sandy. I'm going to read a couple uh, paragraphs here. Great jockeys come and go, each make his mark, but none has won more hearts than Earl Sandy. When he rode, he was more than just another boy on a horse. He was a shining symbol of his time. In the Roaring Twenties, Earl Sandy was one of the great figures who gave the era the name, the Golden Age of Sports. This goes on to talk about his military career. And then uh, it says uh, he, he was running in this race, and as they went into the last turn, Sandy had his horse moving to the front. It looked like a sure victory for the little novice in his first ever race, and that's when tragedy struck. When the military review ended, a cannon had been left in the infield near the head of the final stretch. Thinking there was plenty of time, a squad of soldiers were busy trying to haul the cannon away. As the horses thundered into the home stretch, the the soldiers were dragging the big field piece across the track itself. Someone had miscalculated horribly badly. Hearing the horses bearing down on them, the soldiers fled in panic, leaving the cannon in the middle of the track in the path of the onrushing horses. Earl Sandy saw the big field piece in front of him and tried to swerve his horse out of the way, but it was too late to change direction. Sandy and horse smashed head-on into the obstacle. The horse was killed instantly. Sandy was flung to the track with sickening impact. The horses running second, third, and fourth also slammed into the cannons. Only the last horse far in the rear Managed to escape the injury. You can imagine this scene. This is just crazy. Sandy was carried off to the hospital. It was a bitter beginning for the little Jackie who was to become so famous. When he recovered after weeks of suffering, Sandy resolutely pushed the memory of his first race aside. He was determined to go on with his career, and what a career he had. Over the next years, Earl Sandy rode more than 5,000 mounts and won 972 races becoming America's most beloved jockey and among the most famous athletes in all of America. Among his victories, he counted three Kentucky Derbies and five Belmont Stakes. Amazing. Uh, Unbelievable career. And uh, he rode uh, all the way until he was 54 years old. So uh, quite a deal. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We are doing giving you some history lessons. Uh, there's several more here who I've, I've never heard of. So next, we got Wilbur Shaw, the Speedway Daredevil. Uh, as a boy, Wilbur Shaw grew up in the thunder of motors in his ear. Living within walking distance of the world-famous Indianapolis Speedway, the youngster spent every mo- moment he could within earshot of the racing cars, listening to the grease-covered mechanics and daredevils of the road talking shop, and he vowed to himself to someday be on the raceway himself and win the highest honor that can come with being an automobile driver. Uh, He went on to do exactly that. Uh, At 37, Wilbur Shaw won the Indianapolis 500 for the third time and the second year in a row, making him the first driver ever to win back-to-back Indy 500s. After that, 
uh, race, uh, he was considered the most famous and richest of all race car drivers. No race car will ever kill me, he boasted for more than two decades of jousting with the Grim Reaper, as again and again he escaped death in flaming cars and lived through horrifying crashes. How about this, though? Ironically, it was in his calm and peaceful life of retirement as president of the famed India Indianapolis Speedway that a sudden and violent death caught up with the auto-racing immortal who had outwitted misfortune time and time again. He was killed in a plane crash. That's the other thing that's crazy about this book. So many of these people died just unbelievably terrible and much too young deaths. Very, I mean, I seriously think that by the time you get to the end of each one of these little passages, so many of these guys and gals and just athletes are are uh, they, their their ending was was uh, such tragic demise. Maybe that's part of what makes them legendary. I don't know. Uh, we'll do one more. Uh, Eddie Shore, the firebrand of the ice, another guy I had never heard of. A player who'd been felled in the heat of action by Eddie Shore, hockey's roughest, toughest, and most colorful star of his day, had only this to say to the man who had almost killed him on the ice. Eddie, you're the most brutal player that ever lived, but also the cleanest to ever play the game. Don't feel bad about me. It's all within the sport. Fortunately, the man recovered, but he never played again. No one knew better than Eddie Shore what it cost a man to play ice hockey. Born on a ranch in Canada, he began to play the game. Uh, when he went to college, later he joined the Regina hockey team in Calgary and uh, it went on to become one of the greatest uh, NHL players of the first half of the 20th century. Uh, he was a all-star a dozen times, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, largely known as the the guy who originated the term of enforcer. Um, he, he boasted at the end of his career... A fantastic total of 600 stitches throughout his life. Uh, just amazing. I mean, imagine playing hockey with this sort of ferocity and you don't even wear a helmet or a face mask. It's just just, just crazy. Uh, Noah is now ESPN Radio. How about uh, just, just one more before we, uh, before we take another break? Willie Shoemaker. He's actually one I'd heard of. Willie Shoemaker, also another jockey. He... And we we talked about um, Earl Sandy, and uh, Earl Sandy won some three hundred something races. Well, Willie Shoemaker, more than three thousand winners, unbelievable. He won more than fifteen million dollars in race purses alone, and this is back in the fifties. I mean, that is an unfathomable amount of money in in the mid nineteen fifties. Um. Unbelievable. And uh, Willie Shoemaker, probably the one sort of brand name jockey that uh, his name still uh, still resonates. He was a whopping 59 inches tall, which is sort of one of the characteristics that ties all these little horse riders together. So there you go. Just some fun uh, history lessons for you. We're going to keep on doing that and probably get this this uh, goal of mine, this uh, remembrance of mine, finished by the uh, the end of this month. Well, it's now ESPN Radio and the ESPN MT app. Got some uh, college hoops action. Uh, we talked all the way around the Big Sky Conference in women's hoops yesterday with Chris Redpath. That'll be a weekly segment. 
that uh, we'll let you know each week uh, which day that's going to occur. But for an hour each week, we will break down the Big Sky Conference in women's basketball with our Big Sky Conference insider, Krista Redpath. If you missed yesterday's episode, you can uh, find that on the Nuanas Now podcast from uh, yesterday. But what's going on uh, in the men's league? Uh, we'll give you a, a little preview of uh, the games in Greeley and Flagstaff and look at some of the other games around the league as well. That's next to take you home here on your Thursday. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I said the last song was Greta Van Vliet. That's actually Greta Van Vliet. It's the Wolf Mother song that we played last time that's uh, really tied in heavily with Grizz Hockey. I was just trying to get the Grizz Hockey pumping up, you know, the promos, the, the exposure, telling all you people, millions listening around the world all about uh, the return of Grizz Hockey here in a couple weeks. Either way, thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. Snoan is now ESPN Radio, as well as uh, the ESPN MT app. We'll be back on SWX Montana Television uh, tomorrow. The uh, Lady Grizz game will be on SWX tonight, beginning at 7 p.m. And uh, Northern Arizona in town. Some intrigue in the matchup uh, because NAU has um, had the Lady Grizz number. And gosh, if you would have said that sentence like six years ago, you'd said Coulter, you, you got to get, you're, you're, we're, we're, we're taking you the loony bin. That NAU used to be the benchmark for the bottom of the Big Sky Conference of Women's Basketball. Lori Payne, a Haver native, has done a hell of a job in uh, getting NAU going uh, these uh, last several years. They've steadily built up and up and up. They've been. Uh, in the uh, in the seating in the Big Sky Tournament, gotten buys the last little while. And uh, they made it to the championship game a year ago. So they certainly have talent. And uh, they also ended the Lady Grizz season in Boise last year. They also uh, had a, a crazy win in Flagstaff uh, last year over Montana. So um, certainly some... Some elements in this one coming up. Northern Colorado, they are in Bozeman tonight in women's hoops. But I want to spend the uh, the rest of the show here talking a little bit of men's hoops. First of all, you miss anything in today's Nuanas now. You can always find it on uh, the Nuanas Now podcast, which is uh, probably presented by the M Store and the uh, MSU Bookstore. Also, programming note, we are the official affiliates of the Seattle Kraken NHL hockey team. The Kraken are at uh, Toronto, and we will join that broadcast in progress. Uh, 
uh, right after the show. So thanks, Andrew. Thank you for letting me know. Um, the men's basketball slate in the Big Sky Conference looks like this. The Grizz men are at NAU. That game tips here in just about 10 minutes. Montana State's at Northern Colorado in Greeley. That one also tips in about 10 minutes. And then uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time tips for Sac State at Idaho and Portland State at Eastern Washington. If you saw any of the news on the Big Sky Conference from over the weekend, uh, Sac State beat Portland State in Sacramento, and then uh, a little little kerfuffle, a little scuffle after the game. And Cam Parker, who is a former Grizz, well, he's a former a lot of things. He played at a lot of different places before he got to Portland State. But such is the way of the world of uh, in the NCAA right now. But Cam Parker got a little, uh, I mean, not a little one, a dust up. I mean, he, he threw a punch in the in the post game handshake line, and, and Cam Parker uh, suspended for this Portland State Eastern Washington game tonight. So, uh, but that'll be a fun game because Portland State, uh, as always, uh, a little bit different style, uh, tough to um, prepare for. They play up tempo. They they get after you. They press, and uh, they play a lot of guys, and they have a lot of new faces as well. And Eastern trying to prove it after uh, they came to Montana last week and swept the Grizz and the Cats. So a good start for for David Riley's squad. If you want to check out a fun feature on just how Eastern Washington has kind of rebuilt their program after having one of the most um, wide-sweeping mass exoduses I've ever seen. Coming out of the COVID year, Eastern was the defending Big Sky champs. They ran through the Big Sky Conference. They gave Kansas all they could handle in the NCAA tournament. And then everybody of consequence in the entire basketball program besides Ellis Magnuson and Steel Ventures left. Shante Leggins left, the head coach. And basically their their entire rotation besides Magnuson and, and uh, Ventures. And... Uh, Last year, they were just a completely new squad in David Riley's first year, and they still were pretty good. They went 11-9 and in league play, and now they look pretty darn good, and they have a lot more familiar faces because a lot of those guys from last year, including Venters, including Magnuson, uh, Angelo Allegri, uh, several other key returners, they are all back. And so Eastern looks like a contender again. Uh, Andrew Houghton wrote a, a nice story for SkylineSportsMT.com all about um, – Riley and his ability to sort of revamp and remake the roster um, in short order here uh, early on at the beginning of conference play in his second season. In terms of the uh, the Montana schools and men's hoops tonight, NAU has uh, had a really hard time getting it going in men's hoops. Uh, they once upon a time were one of the um, – better programs in the league and they just have they ever since you know Jack Murphy came in with a bunch of fanfare they uh, they were competitive early under Murphy they made that nice run in the CIT then they kind of fell off the map and then when they they dismissed Murphy and they went with Shane Burkar who was a very successful high school coach they've brought in some good talent and Jalen Cohn's one of the best scorers in the league but they've just had a hard time finding any semblance of um, consistency and also just engagement in their program. They're just not getting anybody to the games. I think that'll be a key factor tonight for both teams. I think it'll be an empty arena. There was about 4,000 at the Grizz game last Thursday against Eastern Washington. So how does Montana fare playing in the the cavernous and and lightly attended walk-up Sky Dome there 
in Flagstaff. Uh, I also think, though, the Grizz always have a great plan for the the top scorers in the league. So I think they'll be able to hold Jalen Cohn in tech. It in check. Excuse me. It just all comes down to how do they mitigate some of the other guys, some of the other shot makers. And you also have to wonder how much the scuttle inside the NAU program is affecting them as well. I mean, they fired one of their assistant coaches midseason earlier this year. Nobody really knows why because there's not really a lot of media coverage coming out of Flagstaff. So, uh, I don't know. There's a, it should be a win for the Grizz tonight. But NAU's also given the Grizz. Uh, they've been a handful for the Grizz in recent matchups. As far as the game in Greeley, Northern Colorado plays a whole bunch of guards. They like to play up tempo and shoot a lot of threes. But they don't have anybody in the middle to uh, mitigate the big guys from Montana State. So if Jabril Bello, great Osabar, if they bring their best, that should be a definitive advantage for the Bobcats. And uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, though, at UNC, it's a tough place to play. We'll have full recaps of all the action for both the men's and women's league around the Big Sky Conference tomorrow. We'll also have our great friend Carolyn, the chicken doesn't know sports. Got our first Garden City Spotlight and our first Prep Extra of 2023 coming at you as well. So it should be a fun show. We'll meet you here at 4 p.m. tomorrow. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, It's all we practice. Uh, You're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.